All right, welcome back to the Comic Book Layer Podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Ray. We were getting a little, a little dance going to that intro music, so forgive us for coming in laughing. But how you doing, man? Dude, doing great, man. Good to be here tonight. Um, super stoked to be hanging out with you, bro. I look forward to Fridays like I never have before, and Fridays have always been a great day of the week. Dude, remember Rebecca Black? It's Friday. It's Friday, Friday. Uh, oh, she's gonna have my her gosh, bowl dude. of cereal. Jeez, dude. Um, Let's yeah, keep dude, going. I, re- I remember. <laughs> Maybe we could cut that part out. Sorry I brought that back up. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, what'd you get into this week, man? Did you have a good week? Yeah, dude. Um, good week. Um, bit of a crazy week, actually. Um, even though it was good, I ended up getting sick again. I, uh, dude, my youngest child, dude, is like a Petri dish that just brings well, home every germ possible from the preschool he goes to. And so it's like every other week, man, something, somebody's got a cold or something in the house. And this week it was me. So just, um, well, glad to see you're doing better, buddy. Yeah. So I was just resting up the last couple of days, but, uh, feeling pretty good on the mend. How are you? We're- I'm doing good, man. I have not uh, been sick, so count my blessings, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, man. Just another work week. Uh, I honestly didn't get a single thing read outside of our book of the week, which we'll dive into in a little bit. But uh, I I did. did. You did? I did, dude. What'd you get into? So I read, I finally read Life Zero. Is that by a blaze? It is. A little bit of a, a zombie comic. They're popping up all over the place now, huh? And uh, yeah, you know, I, I was kind of stoked to read it. Um, but honestly, I mean, the artwork was great, but the story was just kind of kind of bland. Honestly, there was nothing. I mean, it, it ended, you know, with a little bit of a, I don't know, I guess cliffhanger. So they could take it to cool places, but. Come I don't on, know. dude. The helicopter took <clears throat> off and left them there. Then it cracked. All the zombies. I know, but (laughs) it was just a typical story. You know, there was nothing too crazy about it. I wasn't that thrilled about the story, but the art was super fun. Yeah, right on, man. What else? Then, um, dude, I had to read Noctera 7, man. I'm so jealous. I haven't gotten mine yet. It's so good. Like, just when you thought it couldn't get better, 7 is just, uh, man, dude, it starts off. I don't even want to. I can't even say much because I'll ruin it. It's just so good. Do electric cars have cylinders? Because I want to make the pun, was it firing on all cylinders? Dude, it the- was firing on all cylinders, no matter what, dude. It was it was good, man. Right on. The art was great, and um, the new storyline is, uh, it's good, dude. You're going to love it. I heard there's a new colorist on the new arc. Did Was it a, a drastic change, or did it feel seamless to you? No, it still felt really good. Like, I just enjoyed it a ton. I can't wait to talk about it with you, so... Hopefully you get I it soon. to get into it. Right on, man. It's a good week. How many times did you read Moon Knight? Like three times? Yeah, about three. Yeah, me too. And I struggled reading through it because like in the beginning of my week is when I started feeling crummy. And mm-hmm. um, by like Wednesday was my worst day. Like I came home from work and I took a napper. And then I was like, all right, I woke up feeling a little better. And I was going to try to, you know, read while the house was silent. And I just, it was struggling to get through it, man. It took me a few reads to to make it through, but I yeah. did it. <laughs> just just for the fans? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was tough. I but. didn't get any uh, reading in outside of Moon Knight, but um, 
I was I did get into these. Marvel has these uh, these sh- these podcasts or shows, these audio dramatizations uh, that they've done with Sirius XM. They've partnered up with them, and uh, it's like like an audio drama, like a play that's being you know done over the radio. And uh, so I started listening to Wastelanders Hawkeye mm-hmm. and man, like at first I couldn't get to get into the vibe of it. Like I'm so used to podcasts and kind of that, you know, audio experience. But once I kind of got sucked into the story and stuff, man, I'm just loving it, dude. Like just driving, listening to a story about, you know, 60 year old Hawkeye alive at this time when uh, Zemo is killed, like every single superhero, not every single one, but you know, a lot of them, there's only a few left and, you know, Hawkeye's on this mission to try to get back and, and you know, revenge on all the people who did this and take is, out Zemo. But is uh, he still slinging an arrows like a champ Dude, like, as an old is. man? <laughs> yeah, it's really cool, man. I'm really enjoying it. It's a, it's a fun thing. And they've got a lot on there. They've got like a two a two part Wolverine one, like the long night or something like that. Hmm. And I'm going to do those next uh, after this. But there's a Wastelanders Black Widow. There's a Wastelanders um, Star Lord. And then I also started listening to the show, I think it's called Declassified, and they're just going through the history of Marvel, even before they were Marvel. And that's been kind of fun and fascinating, just seeing some of these like war comics and stuff, like the comics they were writing during the war, and kind of how they transitioned into these like romance novels after the war. And Let me ask you a serious question. Yeah. I don't know how it is for you, but like for me, when I'm listening to like a podcast when I'm driving and um, just cruising along, dude, sometimes I'll get so into them. I just get in like cruise control mode. I've passed my exit to get off the highway multiple times, <laughs> like forgot where I was going and just just cruising, man. How is it with you? Has you Have you ever done that? I have done that once or twice, man. I won't lie. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if it's a bad habit, but um, like sometimes I just am like in the zone, driving in my own lane, don't care about anything else. And I'm just so into whatever I'm listening to. And I'm just like, there goes Ray. He must be listening to a podcast. There goes my exit. I got to make the next one, you know, and then I'll have to turn it off or something just because I was so focused. But I just wanted to see if you ever done that. I have, man. A lot of many times. And uh, then I got to finish Peacemaker uh, last night, actually. So, uh, man, so good. It got renewed for a second season. Well-deserved. I heard that, yeah. Um, Super fantastic ending. And then I heard today that James Gunn, after Guardians of the Galaxy 3, is going to go full-time into DC shows. So that's promising because, you know, Peacemaker was so so good. So, yeah. Nice. When is is Guardians of the Galaxy 3 coming out? Oh, they're still in production. Didn't it keep getting delayed and all that? Wasn't yeah, because remember there was that deal with James Gunn kind of like had exited Disney for a little while. Hmm. There was that whole drama and then he got hired back and so now they're working on it again and, you know, all that fun drama. But who cares? He's back. He's making a new Guardians and all his DC work so far has been been fun and good. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Nice, dude. Stoked. Yeah. Because I love those movies. They're good. They're fun. Yeah, those are those were my favorite Marvel movies. They really sucked me into the whole MCU, I think. Yeah. Winter Soldier is probably, I think, my favorite one. Yeah. The Captain America. It's so good. So, uh, book of the week, man. You want to let everyone know what we're doing? Dude, BO Dub this week, Moon Knight, Midnight Mission by Jed McKay. Artist is Alessandro. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to try Capucio. it. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> colorist is Rachel Rosenberg. Covers, uh, issues one through six. It's kind of Jed McKay's, um, 
I guess, intro to, to Moon Knight, trying to get everybody, um, what do you think? Like, Yeah, it seems like this is him kind of getting the reins to Moon Knight and wanting to start the story from a, a spot where, you know, seasoned Moon Knight fans and new Moon Knight fans alike can kind of jump in and take it all in and experience Moon Knight for the first time or the hundredth time and still enjoy it. Yeah. That's what and, it seems like. Yeah, no, exactly. And for me, like I haven't read a ton of Moon Knight. So me, I'm just kind of jumping in fresh and um, it was pretty cool. Yeah. You got Moon Knight here. Um, Mark Spector, he's um, setting up a, a mission where he's pretty much like the high priest of this mission. And his duty is to um, basically protect the, the, the travelers of the night. I mean, just right off the bat travelers of the night i wish i mean i just have some connotations with whatever that may or may not mean yeah and i'm just like how about you know i don't know think of something else mark because yeah like usually who comes out at night like bad guys yeah i know you know nothing good happens past 10 (laughs) o'clock my grandma used to always say so um yeah whoever's traveling at night rather you're a good guy or bad guy depending on what you're doing if you're in his territory he's gonna protect you that's right. And and he's very serious about his territory. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Anything else you want to cover before we jump into issue one here or what? I think that's it. I don't think, uh, you know, there's much to set the stage with here. I think as we go through it, we'll we'll kind of be able to maybe more or less build up some of the backstory to Moon Knight and some of that stuff. Um, but for now, I think, you know, let's just dive into this run and see where it takes us. Yeah, let's do it. So we got issue one starts out and you have um, Mr. Knight sitting on um, this chair in front of a statue of Khonshu and um, he's talking to this guy and he's like, hey, how can I help you? Dude, the art on Moon Knight for one. So rad. It's so cool. Like he, right, He's decked out in all white suit and just the, the way that like the artist did the, the shadowing on his suit is freaking cool, dude. I love I love the art and I love Moon Knight's posture in the chair. It's a whole vibe. Yeah, super cool. This dude rolls in and um, he's having some trouble. Um, some strange things, shenanigans have been going on in his neighborhood. And so he's looking for some help. And so, of course, it's Moon Knight's territory. So he's like, yeah, buddy, yeah. I'm in. And I like, you can kind <clears> of <throat> tell right away that it's Moon Knight's territory, right? I mean, right on that first panel, you're seeing moons kind of, a moon, you know, a crescent just plastered on the wall there. Yeah, he kind of marks his territory with these crescents all around the city. Yeah. And um, but yeah, this dude that comes in, you um, he looks frightened. Yeah, straight up scared. Like, look at him. I know. <laughs> anyway, so y- you um, see that what's going on is some some vampires have rolled into the neighborhood, and uh, they're kidnapping people and turning them into vampires, right? And so the, you got these two like really quick, so. Yeah, you said they're the vampires, but do you think that they regret their terminology here for the level that they're going to achieve at this point in 2022? The Omicron level? Oh my gosh, dude. When I read that, I just started cracking up, man. I know. I was like, like, was that wonder- before or after? Like, it you know what I mean? before Omicron, yeah. I was like, I, oh, bet- I wonder if they regret this. I know. They had to, once they, you know, then you'll reach Omicron level. And I'm just like, wait a second. I bet yeah. you he's kicking himself now because you don't want to reach that level. You don't want to reach Omicron anymore. Like you try your hardest to get away from Omicron. Oh my gosh. So funny, dude. So yeah, they have those like new new recruits in the back and they're trying to, what are they trying to do with them? Yeah, basically. So they, they've turned them into vampires already, but now they're trying to get them to go feed. 
and this will get them to some higher level of vampirism, I'm assuming, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like a, I think a Moon Knight will even say it later, but it's kind of like a vampire pyramid scheme. Pyramid scheme, yeah, pretty much. And <laughs> yeah. so these guys, these two guys got their recruits in the back and they're taking them to, to go feed. And they're like, hey, you know, you guys get ready. Here comes Moon Knight flying down in his cape, all just in white. You got the moon in the background too, super cool. So rad. What do you think of this and first? He's, he, and he's kind of looking at these vampires, right? Because that dude who came in said, dudes from his area are going missing. And Moon Knight's like, hey, I'm going to look into yeah. it. And so that's kind of why he's there. It's not just out of the blue. He's attacking some right. vampires in a van. For sure. And he, he flies in and he's just like, nice night. And dude, just right through the windshield. It's such a cool it's double. Double page. So cool. I love it. It's because everything is colored, but then Moon Knight's just black and white. Just his, his costume is all black and white. And the sketchiness of it le- lends itself to like such movement, like action. Like it just seems like so much is going on, you know? Yeah. Anyways, he crashes through. Van does a couple couple rolls, couple flips. These two, these two vampires running out scared for their lives. Moon Knight has all the cool weapons, bro. He just yeah, pulls like out it. old school uh, wooden stakes. Mm-hmm. I like it right here when they're running away. And uh, he tells them, like, hey, I've warned you. You know, he's like, I paint my symbol on walls for two reasons. One is so that the people around here know that they're safe. Like, this is Moon Knight's territory. Moon Knight's going to yep. protect us. And another is a warning for dummies like you. And you should have he- you should have seen my crescent everywhere uh, and taken it as a warning. But, nah, he's just beating them up, man. Yep dominates him this is his territory he says this is my congregation talking to his people you know about his people of the night and this is his mission and then you get the famous i am moon knight and it's all different uh lettering super cool and uh he takes these two dudes out and then it's crazy because he turns he turns to the four vampires in the back and he's about to do the same to them but then they start freaking out they're like hey you know we didn't ask for this we were kidnapped from our neighborhoods uh you know we're not killers yeah, one of them's even. I was a vegan before this. For but God's like, that's sake. supposed <laughs> to mean anything? Like, dude, I, was- I don't, I don't want to hurt anybody. Not even animals. I was a vegan. Yeah, and um, so yeah, he spares him. He doesn't kill him. So it's almost like, um, you know, he has a little bit of a conscience. He's not gonna, even though they're mm-hmm. vampires, you know, he's they technically haven't done anything wrong. At least he's got some sort of code. Yeah, and so then now we. Um, you flip the page and now he's talking to a uh, a therapist. Goes by the name of Doctor Sturman. Is that how you pronounce it? That is how I would pronounce it. Yeah, that's how what I'm going. Really, Doctor Sturman. Yeah. So he gets into this conversation with his therapist and she's asking, you know, hey, wh- why did you why did you spare those vampires? And he basically says, you know, that they're even though they're vampires, they're innocent. They didn't do anything wrong. You know, these were the travelers mm-hmm. of the night and they needed my protection. And um, so they get into this conversation that. Um, he, he basically tells her, you know, this is my mission. I'm a, I'm a high priest of Conchu. He kind of also, you know, I think they go over a little bit of his backstory, don't they? Yeah. He talks a little bit about like that, you know, his father was a rabbi. Yeah. He was a, a war criminal. Uh, and you know, cause she, at first she's like, aren't you, aren't you Jewish? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, isn't it a little bit of a contradiction to be this this high priest of Kanchu and he's just like, look, contradictions are nothing new for They're me. Nothing for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, so. Yeah. You get a little bit of a background here. Um, you know, Mark Spector, he was, he was first in the Marine Corps. 
And then he went to um, private contracting. Um, he basically became a mercenary. And I think it's fascinating, just like you said, like how you noticed Moon Knight having a bit of a conscience there saving those vampires. That's literally on the next page what the therapist is telling Mark about his past is that, you know, even then he seemingly grew a conscience to do the right thing and, you know, ended up going after some of his own crew because he realized they were bad guys. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like the origin behind Moon Knight originally. But, I mean, we don't need to get way into his origin. But you find... Yeah, they'll dig into that a little bit more too. Yeah. And then um, she's like, you died, you know, and he's laying right there in front of the statue of Khonshu. And he's like, yep, you're right. I did grow a conscience, he says. (laughs) So, she says... She says here, you know, right at that scene where he's sitting at the foot of Khonshu, you died. And he's like, you're right. Uh, and he says, I did grow a conscience. And uh, she's like, and you claim that the Egypt, the Egyptian god Khonshu brought you back to life. Like, she's even a little skeptical. Like, really? I mean, is this, is this what we're going with here, Moon Knight? And he's just like, yes, I am. <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, that's the whole reason I'm here. I'm the fist of Conchu. I am the defender of those who travel at night. Like he's so bought into this whole, you know, whether it's true or not. I mean, he certainly has bought into it hook, line and sinker, you know, like this is, this is his complete identity, you know, he's going straight to the bank. Yeah. And he even says right here, he's the defender of those who travel at night. So I guess that means anybody, no matter what. And then this is where it gets interesting towards the end of their conversation to me. And and what I was going to ask you is she she straight up asked him. She's like, I have one question. Can you die? And he doesn't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, he's unsure. Like, is, is Moon Knight immortal or does he just get brought back to life by Conchu every time he dies? Like... Yeah, I don't I don't know exactly all the powers that he's been imbued with from this meeting with Conchu. Mm-hmm. Um I know later on in this issue, this is going to come back up. Yeah. So then uh, therapy session's over and we get to see um, Reese actually, um, well, you find out her name is Reese, but she's actually one of the vampires that he let live now mm-hmm. um, pretty much is working for it, him. She's a receptionist. Yeah. I love her mug. Dude, a little the table. spidey mug. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, so again, he's sitting, you know, he's sitting at his... Um, chair being the being the high priest that he is protecting the neighborhood and you get this little old lady and she comes in she's talking about something that is uh in her neighborhood and actually in her building it's scratching the doors they're whispering things you know people are frightened they already tried to take you know take my neighbor and so he immediately goes right into action he goes to this um i want to say apartment complex because it looks yeah Yeah, high rise like Definitely. Yeah. And um, he starts fighting these, um, what would you these call these? rat human hybrids? Yeah. What would you call these guys? Exactly. And it's funny, <laughs> dude, because as he's whooping these guys, one old man like opens the door and he peeks out and he's like, close the door. <laughs> We're like, what are you <laughs> doing? Know. But he just take, he takes them, you know, takes them out without much of an effort, it seems like. Yeah. It seems like he just mows through them. And I love his cape, dude. His cape is just so flowy. Like, and again, with his, his all white suit, it's... Pretty rad the way um, they do the shadowing on a suit. But um, this part was interesting, where he's like talking to these rat hybrids. I had no idea what he was talking about, but he says he, he says he knows who they are. Yeah, that's what and, I was just about uh, to mention. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. He's it's vermin. He's one of Spider Man's foes. So it's funny. She has a Spider Man cup, 
And then they kind of have a Spider-Man, you know, villain rolling in there. But yeah, he's straight after he's getting done whooping them, you know, this guy, he can, you know, he can clone himself. He tells them, you know, I'll kill all of you right now. And I can, and I will, I'm not Spider-Man. And then the big, the big, the big reveal. I am Moon Knight and I don't die. Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess he doesn't die. So that's at least his, what he's going with for now. Yeah. And so that freaks out Vermin and they, they just stop. And he basically tells him, he's like, scurry off and keep clear of my territory. You can't, you know, don't test me any further, basically, is what he's telling them. Mm-hmm. They dip. Just kind of like a weird flash in the pan here. Like this, you know, a lady shows up. She's got some stuff going on in her apartment complex. You've got two pages of him handling some rat human things, vermin. And that's it. It almost I don't know. Yeah, you know? just kind of like thrown in there. I don't know. Maybe just a spotlight that he's, you know, protecting the city, you know? Yeah. And then now we're we get a um we're we're back with the therapist. And um he kind of right here he's talking with her about his his duty to Konshu. You know, he's the high priest. He's taken on his duty as his own. Yeah, Conchu mm-hmm. brought him back to life and now he has a debt, you know? And it, it's funny right here because you see Reese walking through as they're in like a therapy session. And he's like, hey, can, can you get me some coffee? <laughs> she, <laughs> she's just like, nah, get it yourself. Yeah, she, she's not taking it. He hates her job. Well, I think here the interesting, one of the interesting things to mention is that as he's talking to his therapist, uh, you know, she's kind of asking him, you know, this God who brought you back from the dead, um, you know, whose duty you perform every night, you know, kind of asking him like, is he, is he a good, good God? And like Moon Knight kind of just jumps into like, he knows, you know, Conchu's history. And I guess in like Marvel in the past Marvel runs, like Conchu had a, uh, so in some series, he kind of took over the world and did a lot of bad. Yeah, he was. A, yeah, he was a bad guy. And uh, he's cur- in in continuity. He's currently imprisoned, I believe. Yep. Um. And so he's just he just is owning up to it. He's like, look, I know about the Kanchu, all the bad things about Kanchu, but I took this on. This is mine now. His stuff is my stuff. His duty is my duty. You know. I just wish I knew what that was a little bit more. I wish they kind of fleshed it out. Like, what exactly is the duty? Like, I mean, it's this generic protect those who travel at night but again that's just also it doesn't give me a lot like what's he really fighting for you know what i mean are you feeling that at all i am and i think i mean it gets a little clearer i think when we move on and meet a couple other characters through these issues but right now you're kind of like what's he doing just rolling around like i don't know yeah fighting rat human creatures and (laughs) yeah and it's almost kind of like he's doing his own thing like towards when when we get further into issues, you're like, he's just kind of, even though he calls himself the fist of Conchu, he's kind of just doing his own thing. He's his own fist. Yeah, he's doing whatever he wants. And we, we yeah, we'll talk about that later when we meet this other character here in a little bit. So now, uh, Moon Knight, he's back out on the, um, not on the hunt, but he's back out, you know. Protecting the city. Protecting, yeah, protecting his territory, protecting his city. Reese is talking to him through, through some mics and... Basically. Kind of sending him to a clinic because there's supposedly some sort of supervillain. Uh, I put this in quotes, supervillain doing some damage at a clinic somewhere. What do you think of Eight Ball here? This that's the this is the villain here. You got a guy named Eight Ball, and he's trying to break into this clinic to steal some steal some drugs. Eight Ball's Eight Ball's my guy. 
I mean, leave it to the guy named Eight Ball trying to steal some drugs out of a yeah, out yeah. of a clinic. I mean, this is the most ridiculous costume I think I've seen in all time. So he's my guy. He's a bad guy, and I don't support what he's currently uh, trying to do. But uh, I like him. Yeah. <laughs> he's so ridiculous. He is pretty ridiculous, dude. So. Moon Knight arrives on scene, and you just see Eight Ball, and he's getting beat up by some dude. Yeah, he is. And um, Eight Ball sees him, and he's like, "Oh, oh, you know, Moon Knight's here. You know, I'm going to surrender. I don't want to get my face cut off." Yeah. So what's funny about that is that in Moon Knight's history, the way it, like this is like one of the more gruesome scenes I think in like a normal Marvel run is that uh, I think I forget how you say his name, but Bushir. It was kind of uh, one, but she became one of Moon Knight's, you know, villains. And in one scene, Moon Knight kills him and cuts his face off. Oh. And so there's a whole panel of him kind of like holding Bashir's face, <laughs> like just his skin. Yeah. And uh, of the lamb style or what? Yeah. Just kind of a little like Dwight from The Office. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's a throwback to, to that event. Um, it, dude, it, and it's funny because, you know, he's like, I'll surrender. And this guy that we don't know, he looks up and he's like, ah, Moon Knight. Like, so he knows who Moon Knight is. Mm-hmm. And um, this is when you learn this guy, you know, he's trying to break into his clinic to steal some Oxycontin. And um, you find out he's a doctor. And um, doctor, what, go ahead. I don't want to mess it up. Uh, let's go with Badir. Dr. Badir. Um, yeah, and he's just... Telling Moon Knight that he just took over this clinic and he would wonder, wondered when he might meet him. And Dr. Badir can hold his own. Dude's, uh, dude's, yeah, he's capable. Yeah, he, he's definitely capable. I love it here, you know, in the midst of their talking, Eight Ball's kind of getting tied up by Badir. I hope we're saying it right because we get names wrong so often, but <laughs> Badir. Dr. Badir, and he's yeah. just. And he's just like, so Eight Ball says, so we've landed on not cutting off my face. Good choice, guys. Love it. Yeah. And they're not even paying any attention to it at this point because they're having a conversation, you know, themselves, you know. And Moon Knight even asks him, like, because this doctor knows who Moon Knight is. And Moon Knight's like, do I know you? Like, do we have beef that I don't even know about? And so he he knows him. He knows he's a fish of Conchu. And um, he knows he has a sacred duty. And you get into this dialogue, Mr. or Dr. Badir, I don't think cares much for Moon Knight. No, he makes it pretty clear. Yeah, right off the bat. And and he's not scared of Moon Knight. No. He he doesn't care for him, and I think there's a little bit of a lack of respect. Yeah. Basically, um, you know, he he tells him, like, he's disappointed with with what he sees in in Moon Knight. And um, he mentions, you know, our god, Conchu, He's probably yeah, disappointed I, with you, you know? And I love that Moon Knight's like, uh, wait a second, I haven't seen you at any church socials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so uh, this doctor's like, yeah, you, you're allowing vampires into your territory? Like, what are you doing? Kind of, you know? And Moon Knight's like, wait, wait, mm-hmm. wait, wait. Who are you? Moon wizard? Werewolf? Like, you don't look like a mummy. <laughs> and then he's just like, He's like, he's like, I wants to remind Badir who he's talking to. And he's like, you know, you're talking to the fist of Conchu. Yeah. He's like, you know, I outrank you. And um, as uh, Dr. Badir's basically handcuffing uh, eight ball and taking him off, he's like, I can assure you, you know, there's only one person that outranks me and it's not you. Mm -hmm. So you get a little bit of a, 
There's a little bit of rift here between these two dudes. Pretty interesting. Kind of left hanging a yeah, little bit there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So now we go back with Moon Knight and um, he's talking again with his therapist. They're kind of like out of their normal setting though, not in a like an office setting. They're out just on like a park bench. And um, this therapist is going into detail kind of about um, the changes that are going on in, in uh, Mark's brain since he's had mm-hmm. contact with, with Conchu. And she just mentions to him that like some of um, his MRIs and some of his brain scans have shown, you know, like drastic changes, uh, fundamentally changed. And she's just worried that like his interaction with Conchu has led to some of these, you know, fundamental changes that she's seeing in Mark. Yeah. And not only that, too, that she's worried about the changes that are still could potentially happen yeah because of all the damage or drama he's been through you know so she's worried about him and i guess we can mention i forgot this this therapist was was i guess hired by or i don't know not hired but like appointed by uh by the avengers (laughs) yeah so after we go through this little session on the park bench with the therapist you get moon knight he's back in action dude he's just slaying all kinds of monsters looks like he's this one, when, when he has a chainsaw. I know. And he's like fighting some zombie looking dudes. I, I want to know where the heck he's at. Yeah, because, I want yeah, like this. A, <laughs> there's like a zombie hanging upside down from the rafters. Apparently, he's arm wrestling Frankenstein. Like, where is he and how did he find this place? Yeah, he's just going from, from scene to scene, just mowing bad guys down, dude. Chopping mm-hmm. some up with, the, with a, a chainsaw. He's throwing one dude off a roof. Kicking some alien dude right in the face. <laughs> but I think you crowbarred him in the face. Is, oh, yeah. I didn't even see that part. So funny. But, yeah, he's basically going through his town. You can see these crescent moons all around. And he's taking mm-hmm. care of business, keeping his territory safe. Basically doing what he's supposed to for Conchu. And it's funny because you, you get to the next next panel and he's like sitting out in front of the mission and he just looks dead tired, dude. He has a crowbar he, in his wiped, hand. <laughs> he's wiped out, man. He's just done. And now Reese, his receptionist, brings him a cup of coffee. They're just hang- He's just like, here, this is for you because I bought it for myself and then I realized I can't drink coffee anymore, you know, because she's a vampire. Yeah. So funny. And um, anyways, they're outside uh, the mission just kind of having a conversation and we get this um, – we get this – new character and he's kind of spying on him from across the street. Yeah. And you have some, you have some pictures of, um, I guess different personalities of, uh, Moon Knight set up. Is that what that is? I wondered what that was. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh yeah. It says right there. I didn't even look at the names underneath it. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's sitting there and it's funny cause you see the daily, daily bugle. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, um, you get a picture of Spectre, uh, Grant, Moon Knight, Mr. Knight, and Jake Lockley. That's cool, man. I didn't even pay attention to that panel before. Yeah, you, so you, you can kind of see all of his um, different personas or his personalities right there. Yeah, so somebody's spying on him and digging into his past, huh? Yeah, and yeah, they know a lot about him. He even says, he's like typing on a computer. He's like, you make me sick, Moon Knight, or Mr. Knight, or Jake Lockley, or Stephen Grant. Like, he's just going mm-hmm. through all of his different names. Yeah, and he's just like, you don't know it, but I've made a project out of you. Yeah. At the same time, you get this, this guy just looks creepy. You kind of get a glimpse of his face. He's in this, like, dark room. 
spine on him like a weirdo. Got a gnarly smile, man. He looks almost Jokerish in that bottom panel. Yeah, he does. <clears throat> but huh? he, yeah, he just pretty much says, you know, to you know, to himself, but as if he were talking to Moon Knight, like, "Hey, man, I'm I made a project out of you. I'm gonna break your faith." Mm. And so, just this creepy dude in a room spying on Moon Knight. You don't know who it is. Clearly, you know, doing a ton of investigation and wants to break Moon Knight and destroy his faith. Yep. At the same time, it's pretty funny because you get you get the Doctor Badar. Is that what we what we Badir Badir Badir? Yeah, he's strolling by, going home for the day from the clinic, and um, you get not to see, ominous at all. No, yeah, he just walks by Moon Knight, and they're hanging out out front. You know, the mission. He just walks by, no big deal, and you get to see a little narrative of. Um, and get to see who this guy really is. And it's pretty cool. So you find out that he is a defender of, as as well. He's one of uh, Conchu's other fists. He He's there to um, correct Moon Knight. Yeah. Because in his eyes, he, he's not doing a good job as being a, a fist of Conchu. And so this guy, yeah. you find out his name is Hunter's Moon. And he looks... He looks huge dude, in this panel. He is this jacked. Page. Compared to Moon Knight, he is huge. I know. But he says here, as he's talking to Conchu, he says, your right hand, speaking of Mark, uh, has failed you, but your left hand is not. You, like, I remain faithful. Yep. I'm your hunter's moon, you know? So cool. Yeah. Uh, dude, I love in the background, you see all of his weapons just sitting there. Oh, my God. I wish yeah, we got, got to see him use them. Yeah, dude. So cool. So that's cool. I mean, issue one, what do you think? Like, setup-wise, like, do you think it did a good job kind of laying the foundation of Moon Knight, setting the stage for, like, what's to come? Are you interested in Hunter's Moon and, you know, this new mission and some of these problems that are going around town? Uh, do those do those get you interested? Or are you a little, like, kind of wanting more? No, what do you I, think? I am interested at this point. And as someone who hasn't read a lot of Moon Knight, like, I don't <clears> think <throat> that mattered too much, you know? Yeah. Because I definitely got, you know, what Jed was, was trying to to convey here, I think. The ending is, I think, just leaves that huge cliffhanger. Like, okay, so now there's two, you know, two fists of Khonshu. What's, you know, I can't wait to see him battle already. Yeah, me too. I kind of want to know how that's all going to resolve itself. Yeah. But that takes us to uh, issue two right after that cliffhanger. But issue two picks up and uh, we're we're greeted to a dude sitting in a dead end alleyway here, just breathing hard looks like he's been running just asking why to this group of like gnarly old people with red eyes it's like the geriatric zombie crew yeah and he just he's just asking them like what the heck why are you doing this and then they all at one time repeat the same phrase because i want to sport for the for the heck of it uh and it's just crazy that they all say it at the exact same time isn't that nuts like you're like what's going on with these elderly people they're pretty creepy, man. And so that's how issue two starts. But then it cuts back to the midnight mission. And you've got Reese and Moon Knight kind of sitting there chit-chatting. And this is a funny little moment between the two of them. And Moon Knight's just asking her, like, so what do your parents think about all this that's going on? And she's like, well, you know, they're not really crazy about me being a vampire. But they're also not really crazy about me working with a guy who dresses up in with a white hood. <laughs> <laughs> And he's just like, careful now, these are my vestments, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so through their conversation, they're just talking about the fact that for three nights in a row, 
there have been these attacks by these elderly people attacking people. You know, these elderly people have been. And when they wake up, they don't remember any of it. Like, it's just completely gone. They don't know what has happened. So they're just kind of saying like, hey, you know, Moon Eye thinks that there's a pattern here. And so most likely there's going to be another attack tonight around midnight, just like there has been the last three nights. And right as he's kind of throwing his food in the trash, the dude who we saw from the first panel who was just getting attacked by these guys shows up and he's just like, hey, you're the freaky guy. I need help. <laughs> like to Moon Eye. Yeah, you know? yeah. And he looks kind of beat up, man. He's got a cut on his nose now. His arm's bleeding. He's holding it. Blood's dripping down his hand. And uh, he just comes into the mission and Moon Knight and Reese start to try to like take care of him, help him get better, bandage him up and just kind of get to to ask him some questions about what was going on. And he just tells him, I was I was jumped by some elderly people and they beat the crap out of me. Yep. And and Reese is even like, uh, you find out his name is Soldier. And she's like, Soldier, how'd a bunch of oldsters bang you up this badly? And he's just like, I didn't want to fight back. And you find out not only because he, they were older people, he didn't want to hurt them, yep. but one of them was his ma. What, what are you going to do like, seeing your mom coming at you with a hatchet looking like yeah. a zombie? <laughs> <laughs> going to just run away. Yeah, go find exactly. Yeah. And he just tells them that all those old people were from his building and he doesn't know what's happening. And so Moon Knight's just saying, hmm, I'm going to go check this out. Yeah. And so he and Soldier kind of, well, there's a funny scene here first where as Reese is helping Soldier get bandaged up, yep. she's got a lot of his blood on her gloves and the kind of vampire-ness of inside of her kind of kicks in. And she starts to try to go lick the gloves, but then freaks out, throws them off, runs away. And uh, Soldier looks at Moon Knight and he's like, is she a little squeamish? And he's just like, nah, dietary re- <laughs> requirements. Dude, so funny. Like she almost gave in too, man. I know, so close. Yeah. But that freaked her out. And so Moon Knight and Soldier go on their way to uh, Soldier's, where Soldier lives, his apartment complex, to find out what the heck's going on with these elderly people. And as they're walking up the stairs to his room, there's a janitor kind of in there cleaning up. And he says, you know, Soldier says, uh, excuse me, Holly, H-A-W-L-E, Howley, Holly. Holly, yeah. And the janitor, Holly, just re- replies, ah, no problem, sport. And Moon Knight. Who calls like, people his, sport nowadays? Yeah. And so Moon Knight grabs his chin and looks back at him. And it's just interesting to him, I think, uh, especially if you know kind of earlier on what happened, but you'll find out. Yeah. And so they're looking for Soldier's mom. And at this point, Moon Knight's just like, look, I don't really think you want to talk to your mom right now. So he's already picking up what's going on. Yeah. One thing as there, as him and um, soldier are walking back to the, uh, to his apartment complex soldier does mention like, Hey, all, all they kept saying is because I want to sport for the heck. Yeah. And he's like, that's all they said all at once. And so when, when the janitor's like no problem sport, it kind of like tipped off moon night here. Yeah. And you saw that like when he was in the alley, I think too, the, the way they all responded at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, so like you were saying, I think Moon Knight's already tipped off at this point, kind of weirded out. Yeah. And just telling Soldier, like, hey, man, I don't know if we want to find your ma right now. So as he's looking kind of back out the door, he goes back outside, and all of a sudden the hallway's littered with old people again. <laughs> you got some holding knives, but then you got some holding, like, their cane. One one lady's holding a hammer. One's holding a putter. Oh, yeah, he is holding the putter, dude. That's so And funny. so then 
Holly just looks at Moon Knight and he's like, man, you're quick. Like you figured this out real fast. And Moon Knight's just like, I think you wanted me to uh, because you said sport, you know? Yeah. And he and he's just asking like, how is this possible? How did you do this? Yeah. How are you and controlling these this, people? This Holly guy's just like, look, I can take control of people through my sweat, which is super gross. But this is what's going down. It's the weirdest. Like, I did not expect that. Out of all things, like this dude's sweat is controlling everybody. I know. Crazy. And so turns out because he's the janitor, he's been able to like <laughs> throw his sweat in the water supply and turn all these old people. And so he just tells him, you know, he's working for somebody who is crazy, super imaginative. And uh, he's going to put Moon Knight in this sort of um, pickle where to get out of this apartment complex, he's going to have to take out all these people that he's been sworn to protect yep. more or less, you know? Yep. So it's what's Moon Knight going to do? What's Moon Knight going to do? Is he going to kill people to get out or is he going to let them beat the crap out of him? Yeah. It's interesting too. Cause he, he says right here, he's like the fella um, who's interested in your sport brought me in to help him hurt you to break you yeah. is how he put it. Yeah. And so, but then, you know, Moon Knight's clever and he says he takes him up. He's going to take it up a notch. And he just pretty much says, let me have some of that sweat. Take control of me. Let's see. Let's see what you can do. Yep, yep. And so he hands Holly one of his crescent stars and gets some of the dude's sweat, uh, some of the dude's sweat on it. Moon Knight takes it in and Moon Knight is just like, Holly, I know what you think you're going to do. But let me tell you, you've never met a mind quite like my mind. Mm-hmm. And this is not going to go the way you expect it. <clears throat> But Holly, he's just like, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get up to all sorts of stuff once I'm in your head, Moon Knight. Dude, he's like stoked at this opportunity. Yeah, and uh, so then, as soon as Moon Knight, you know, oh, so gross, <laughs> takes in the sweat, just licks That's it so off. So gross, breath, dude. Star. <laughs> Holly uh, gets inside of Moon Knight's mind, and I think he pretty much instantly regrets it, man, because he's just being swallowed up. Oh yeah, instant, instant mind. regret, dude. Like inside Moon Knight's head is insane. Terrifying. Yeah, and yeah. you get a little bit of that from his conversation previously with a the therapist. You know, that's not a place anybody wants to go. Nope. And so he's just in there being swallowed up, being pulled down by some sort of goo. And I think it's just, you know, he's losing himself more and more to the control of Moon Knight. And uh, there's this really cool panel where inside Moon Knight, he's got these three little pockets or four pockets. And each one has one of his personalities or personas. So you see a, a Spectre pocket, a Grant pocket, a Lockley pocket, and then a new blank one where he puts this guy. Yeah. And so now I'm really curious going forward in this run, is McKay going to utilize this Holly guy as some sort of, I don't know, other sort of tool that Mark Spector or Moon Knight has in his arsenal to pull from? Like now Moon Knight has some gnarly sweat. I know. And it's super interesting because even in this double page spread right here where it's like, I don't know if that's Moon Knight or if that's supposed to be Khonshu. But definitely it, moon night but he's like come and worship you know like yeah, yeah. it's gonna be interesting what he does with this or even if he comes back to it who knows yeah who knows but super cool and it's kind of fun 
you know, a little thing here to see those little pockets of the personalities. And, you know, the one that says Spectre is empty because Mark's currently the persona uh, in use, I would put in quotes. I'm not really sure how else I'd say it, but I thought that was pretty cool, clever way to kind of showcase that. Yeah. And he even says, you know, I take my scars and I make them my weapons. Yeah. So, like, is this a scar Moon Knight's getting that will potentially be something he's going to use in the future, you know? I know. I'm so curious about this. I want to know more about it already. I'm just like, I want to call Jed on the phone. Hey, buddy. So, anyway, you turn the page and uh, Moon Knight says a word. I'm not entirely sure what it means, but I'm sure it's something like it is finished. (laughs) Yes. What is that? Salah. Yeah. I don't know. And, you know. There it is. It's done, he says. And all the people there have turned back to to normal. You see Holly on the ground just spitting up, repeating moon, moon, moon over. He's obviously gone insane and crazy. And then it cuts back to the mission, and there's Reese with... Yeah, go ahead. I I do have a quick question for you. So this entire time, right, um, Soldier um, comes to the mission for help, right? Yeah. And then they go back into his building and he looks like a normal dude but then he comes out as as moon knight is in the hallway facing all these old people soldier even comes out and has a gun to moon knight's head and his eyes are red Mm -hmm. so did he uh, he must have been partaking in in this sweaty water you think yeah, well, and that's the thing. Uh, Holly does tell Moon Knight, he's like, yeah, for the old people, spiking the water supply worked, uh, you know, because they only needed a little bit to be changed. Mm-hmm. But for somebody like Soldier, they need more. And he does say, but I've been at this for a lot longer than you think. I." Okay, so he takes control of Soldier at that moment, too. Yeah. Gotcha. And I wonder if he can kind of like turn it on and off like like he's had the ability to control soldier for a while, but he kind of flipped the switch and now, you know, yeah, he's in control. That's, uh, for, when I first read it, I was like, wait a second. He was normal when he walked in there. Now all of a sudden he's under his control and I didn't see him. So he must have been yeah. flipping it to him for a long time. Yes. Yeah, my imagine and you know, what I imagine is happening is that, that whole entire apartment complex water supply. Yeah. Uh, they were just drinking some sweaty water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were. And so, You know, after all that goes down and everyone's back to normal and Holly's kind of, you know, done, they're back at the mission. Uh, Reese is there. At this point, do you, do we know the redhead dude's name? I can't remember if they mentioned it in the, in the previous issue, but we find out right here his name's Terry. Yeah. I just wondered if they met him. So she's there with Terry uh, and she just says, you know, Terry's there to help out. Yeah, and Terry, Take care of the mission. Terry's the original, the first guy we meet um, in the very beginning where Moon Knight is sitting in his in his like throne, I guess, and is like, hey, how You're can right. I help you? And it, that's Terry. So he's the first You're one right. who came and said, hey, there's people missing in my neighborhood. And that's how, yeah. you know, he kills those two vampires. So he's got a, a little bit of a, like, I don't know, relationship with, he knows who Terry Terry lives in the neighborhood. He always needs right. help. And so they sent Terry on his way and then, you know, Moon Knight and Reese have a little conversation. Moon Knight's apologizing for not being more uh, aware of the situation for her and the temptation for the blood. And she's, you know, they just kind of have a nice little, you know, get to know each other sesh. You know, as they're talking, you see across the street, uh, Hunter's Moon is spying on them this time. Yeah. This time you know who it is. It's it's Hunter's Moon out there kind of checking them out. Yeah. So what'd you think about uh, issue two, man? 
I liked it. It was um, some of the art was super cool, especially when you get Holly going into the mind of Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. The art knows like three pages. Some of the best. Oh yeah, it, it was some of the best in in all the issues. I think you're super cool. You get introduced and in, to um, the soldier character. Who has some interesting tattoos, huh? Yeah, like he's a, just these like black squares kind of tatted all over. Yeah, I was confused at first when I first saw him. I was like, "Wait a second, are these wounds? What what, what are these?" But then, yeah, as, as he's cleaning them up I more and more, maybe they were bandages. Yeah, but yeah, as he starts cleaning them up more and more, you see that they look like just big old blacked out like square tattoos. You know, you you mm-hmm. really don't know. So he's pretty interesting here. Yeah, interesting dude. And the uh, the Holly character, man, he reminds me so much of Rat King from Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtles. It's the same sort of vibe, you know, like controlling people's minds and this creepy dude, lanky. He uh, even looks like the Rat King almost, He dude. even looks like the Rat King, yeah. man. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but no, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I like the end, how you have Hunter's Moon. It looks like he, he's tired of, um, I think he's tired of what Moon Knight's doing, you know, like. Yeah, Especially he doesn't like him being friends with these vampires. So Mm-mm. I'm interested to and, see what he's going to do. And I'm interested to know who the heck is sending people after Moon Knight. Yeah, you know he has an enemy now. So I'm all in, man. I can't <clears throat> can't wait to get into three. Yeah, three starts out with a, uh, him and his therapist. And right away he says it. He says, I have an enemy. And so he goes through this conversation with with his therapist about this new enemy. And she's like, oh, haven't you had many enemies, you know, like? He just says, yeah, fewer than you might think. Uh, in my more interesting periods, few of them survived my attention. <laughs> so he's, you know, he doesn't have a lot of enemies because he more or less just takes them out. Yeah, he doesn't mess around. What do you think at the end of, of this conversation he has with his therapist? You know, his therapist is like, she says, uh, Mark, is it you? Is it your fear that I'm this mysterious enemy because he doesn't know who the enemy is right now so he's like yeah. it could be you you know and yeah. he's like honestly and she's a little she's a little like hey you called this uh like quick session between you and me are you do you think that like i could be this enemy and he's just like now nah, i'm worried i'm then yeah like, so I'm- you're kind of like what is that about and I think it just goes back to some of his like past and and him knowing that he's got kind of some you know, fuses loose up upstairs and worrying that maybe he's just kind of causing havoc for himself again, you know, like some of his mental, mental stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. So then we're right back at it, uh, in the mission and you have, uh, Reese comes up to him. She is showing him that someone was attacked last night and it looks like they were attacked by, uh, him almost because she's showing him these crescent moons the and, crescent darts. Yeah, these crescent darts. And he's like, yeah, Ted, it's this guy named Ted. So someone she knows, another vampire, I'm going to assume. And mm-hmm. uh, he had a half dozen of these in his arm and his back. <laughs> <laughs> That's a few. Yeah. And then she's like, aren't these your darts? And he's like, uh, it certainly looks like one. And so he takes, so, yeah, he takes these and he's he's going to go out and investigate to see what's going on with these. Yeah, because she just wants to know, like, what the heck? You didn't kill us earlier on. Did you change your mind? And he's like, you know, I didn't change my mind. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, we've been working together for two days now. You know me. (laughs) And so he's flying from rooftop to rooftop. He's on a mission to find this person. And right away, who does he run into? Hunter's moon. And this is the moment I've been waiting for. 
Yeah. I want to see them do do battle, dude. Dude, the panel where you get uh, him jumping down and he's got the crescent moon right above his head. Hunter's moon does such a cool shot. Oh, yeah. Where he's coming from above. Yeah. He's just got the his cape is kind of like wrapped around the moon and it's the crescent moon right above. Gosh, dude. Cool. Yeah, that is super cool, man. I also think it's cool that Hunter's moon, Hunter, Hunter's moons, Hunter. I wouldn't know how to pluralize that, but Hunter Moon's logo is a full moon and Moon Knights is a crescent. Oh, yeah, that is interesting. And it's pretty cool. As he jumps down, he kind of has this narrative bubbles where he's like talking to Conchu and almost like he's like worshiping him. He's like, you know, be with me as I test your fist, as I test Moon Knight. And uh, yeah, he jumps down on Moon Knight. Knocks him down, and Moon Knight just looks at him and is like, who the hell are you supposed to be? <laughs> He's like, uh, why is this guy dressed so similar yeah. to me? And he, you know, this is when you, you, he, he tells him, he's like, I'm Hunter's Moon, Fist of Conchu. And he's like, I already told you, man, I'm the Fist of Conchu. And so I have a question here, because he just said, he says, who the hell are you? And he says, Hunter's Moon, Fist of Conchu. And he says, I already told you, Dr. Badir. I'm the Fist of Conchu. So, does he just recognize mm. Dr. Badir's voice or something? I think he might. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe he just put it together, you know, because their first initial conversation, how they, yeah. he, he already knows yeah. who he is. He, he mentions Conchu. So, he kind of already knows. Right. And then of the crescent moons that were in Ted's back. <laughs> crescent darts. Yeah. Which is a little disappointing to me because I feel like Hunter's moon should have a full moon. Something dart. different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That is true. Why is he throwing around the same? I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's to get his attention or something. I don't know. And, and it's funny because he's like, Mark, like, you're smarter than that, man. A, a man has two fists. Don't you think a God? Why would you think a God only has one? Yeah, I thought that was a cool line. Yeah. And so as they're, it, it's pretty neat, too, because as they're like just beating the heck out of each other, like they just have like this normal conversation like you and I would have just like back and forth as they're beating each other up. <laughs> and he, he, he says, you know, even though we're, we're colleagues, um, I'm interested in, in correcting you. Yeah, he doesn't want to break him. He doesn't want to kill him. He's interested in fixing whatever he thinks wrong with whatever he thinks is wrong with Moon Knight. Yeah. And Moon Knight, of course, he's like, I'm not broken. You know, he doesn't think he's broken. But this guy's like, nah, you're I'm a doctor. I fix broken things. Yeah. I can spot him. I can spot him from a mile away. Yeah. And I think it's funny because, you know, while they're fighting and talking about all that, Moon Knight just says to him, like, uh, why did you send Holly to victimize a bunch of senior citizens? <laughs> and Hunter's Moon's just like, you know, he has no idea what yeah, the heck what he's talking about. What are you talking about? about, Holly? And he even pronounces the name different, like Holly, H-O-L-L-Y. Oh, that's right. I didn't even notice. Like, that. It's, like, a, like it's a girl. Yeah. He's like, what are you talking about, Holly? He's like, don't play dumb with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so funny. And he's just like, look, I'm I'm, I'm not playing that game. I'm here just to fix you. So this is interesting, right? Because now you're seeing like Moon Knight's going to realize here too. They're like, okay, he's got two people coming after him. Yeah. Now. Not, not only does he have this guy who wants to fix him, he also has somebody else out there in the shadows that wants to break him according to Howley. Yeah. So super interesting. But um, we get more dialogue between between these two fists of Conchu. He, he pretty much is like, you know, how can you protect vampires? You know, they're, they're the mm-hmm. sworn enemy. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Especially right on, on land that's consecrated 
for Kanchu. Yeah, this like is the land a, you're protecting. Double, yeah. Yeah, it's a double sin. And it's even funnier, too, because then he starts making fun of the way he fights. <laughs> I know. I love this whole, I actually really like this whole interaction between them. Yeah. Because uh, I think Moon Knight ends up getting the upper hand uh, on Hunter's Moon here. Oh, yeah. And their dialogue. Big time. And I, this, I think, is one of my favorite issues out of, out of this first arc right here. Because this, I don't know, the art when these two guys are just fighting is some of my favorite. Their whole, I don't know, would you call it a costume? It seems like a down place how cool it is. But uh, their whole outfits are just really, really well drawn, really cool. The movement, the flow, the sketchiness, uh, the lighting on both of them. I love it. Yeah. And it's funny. So they're they're just like throwing each other off rooftops, beating the heck out of each other. He mentions here just like making fun of the way he fights. He's like, you're a fist of conchu, but there's no beauty in the way you fight. <laughs> you fight like an animal. Yeah. <laughs> and he says to, to Moon Knight, he's like, did you not receive the gift of the chorus upon your ordination? Uh, were the memories of Kanchu's previous fist not invested in your mind? And Moon Knight's just like, guess it was a little uh, too crowded. A little too crowded mind. in there, yeah. And he's like, all, all Kanchu gave me was my miserable life back and mm-hmm. brain damage. And my duty. Yeah. And so um, as they're going in this conversation, Hunter's Moon's like, dude, you are far more broken than I thought. Like, I got a lot of work to do, you know? But have no fear. I'm gonna I'm gonna break you. He's a confident man. Yeah. And he's just, I'm gonna make you fit for your duty after I remove your distractions from your life. Yep. And so he he beats him up and he takes off. And now we're back at the mission and we get looks like one, two, there's like three vampires and, and Teddy is there, right? Well, Teddy is the vampire, right? It's Terry's the Oh, Terry, yeah, Terry, excuse me. Yeah. So you get um Reese, two other uh, Reese, Teddy, soldiers there, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Terry. So they're all hanging out in the mission. Here comes Hunter's Moon. He's going to kill him. Yeah. Because he's going to remove those distractions. Yeah. He's going to, he wants to fix Moon Knight. And one way to fix him is getting rid of these people. Mm-hmm. And so he breaks through the window. They're trying to fight back. Soldier <laughs> pulls out a gun. <laughs> no success. No. You know? I mean, none at all. They try. Look at Terry. He's got a baseball bat. Terry, he doesn't even look like he knows how to hold a no, baseball No, no, he looks just terrified, dude. And so, um, nothing they could do, you know, is gonna gonna stop Hunter's Moon. It, dude, Terry gets hit with a couple of these crescent darts, and he's like, "What the?" He doesn't know what's going on, dude. And it's pretty cool because he he pulls out um, these wooden stakes, and he's about to he's about to take care uh-huh. of business. He even tells him, he's like, "You blinded Moon Knight of the truce of his duty." And then I think this is my favorite page right here with Moon Knight in the background. I know. Big time. So he's he's about to drive a stake through these vampires' heart. And Moon Knight, right in the background, right above him, his cape spread wide open. And he has his bat. And he just... Did he pick up Terry's bat when Terry dropped it? I'm assuming he picked up Terry's bat, dude. (laughs) So I guess in a way, Terry sort of saved the day. Terry to the rescue, dude, with his bat. Just smacks him right on the back of the head, dude. Hunter's Moon down. Just... Takes him out. Oh, man, he hits him again. I didn't even know. He hits, hits him right on the cheek. There. Oh, yeah. He hits him multiple times. Oh, yeah, man. He's going to town. Yeah. The vampires look like they're a little bit in shock. Oh, yeah. They're looking at... Because he's not stopping. He hits him at least four times in the head. And it's funny because he's like, at the end of the day, you're just a doctor. 
dancing in borrowed shoes. So he doesn't even think he's like, because Moon or Hunter's Moon is like, hey, we're colleagues, kind of. And Moon yeah. Knight's like, nah. You're not on my level. Nope. Not at all. And he says and he says it pretty much, I don't remember where exactly, but he just you know, when they're talking about the fighting styles or whatever, he's just like, This is experience and this is experience you don't have. Like you get this from getting bloodied, from being on the streets, from protecting people, from you know, all this stuff. Yeah. Uh and Hunter's Moon doesn't have that. And so that's that funny line dancing in borrowed shoes. Like Moon Knight's earned his shoes, you know? Yeah. Through years of experience. And then he basically tells him as he's beating him with his bat and dragging him out, he's like, you know, these people are under my protection. No matter who they are, they're under my protection. And if you come back, I'm going to kill you. Cool panel there at the end too, but I love how dark Moon Knight is. Oh, yeah, dude. Super cool. He even tells him right here though. He does mention uh, that he's a fist of Khonshu. He says, so go fist of Khonshu. Drag yourself from my temple. And avoid my attention in the future. So I really like that one. I think that's my favorite I liked, issue. I like sort of the development between Hunter's Moon and, and Moon Knight. And I'll tell you right now, as I'm reading Finishing 3, I want 4 to pick up exactly there. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like I kind of want the story to be Hunter's Moon and Moon Knight for a little while. So let's see if we get that though when we go to 4. But what do you think of 3? I think it's my favorite issue of all of them. It's, dude, I that's what I was waiting for. When you first meet him, you know, you're like, okay, you got this other fist. Like, how, why does he want to, mm-hmm. you know, what does he want to do with him? And you get this now in, the, in this issue and you see how he wants to correct him, you know, according to yeah. what he thinks Moon Knight should be doing. And yeah. um, the battle between them, the fight scene is super cool, man. And cool dialogue, too. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I liked it all. Yeah. So, issue four opens up, and you see uh, Moon Knight kind of taking a nap, but he's awoken by a, his cracked cell phone uh, alarm going off, and he seems a little annoyed by it. But then you see him, you know, next page, he's sitting there with the therapist again, and the therapist's big question this time is just, why do you wear a mask when you're with me? You know? Yeah. Like, what's the deal with this? And he's just like... I thought you were kind of like a superhero therapist. Aren't you used to this? And she's just like, well, not all of them choose to wear a mask when they're here. So why why do you do it? And he just says, I wear a mask. He, the way he says it is like, when I wear the mask, I'm not Mark Spector. And he just says more or less like, look, Mark Spector's a nobody, does nothing, no good for anybody. But when I put this mask on, I'm the fist of Conchu. People need the fist of Conchu. And he, you know. He's not interested in being this nobody. He's interested in being a symbol. He's interested in helping people. And so the mask gives him that. And so that's kind of his identity. That's who he wants to be. Yeah. You know, anything there to add, you think? No, I don't think so. You just kind of can see that, you know, he doesn't like being Mark. No. He's got some issues he's he's hiding up there, I think, huh? Yeah. And I think we find out a little more later, but. Yeah. And so you turn the page and it's a. Immediately in some new new situation, we meet a dude named Clark, and he's on the phone with somebody who, <laughs> I didn't notice this, but who is in a room with a poster of Moon Knight on the wall behind him. So it must be the same guy from issue one, mm-hmm. is my guess. Yep. And, uh, you know, they're just, they're, they're scheming. They're coming up a, with a way to, to hurt Moon Knight. And this Clark guy, who looks like he's just got a totally cracked face, he's sort of uh, robot hands. He's figured out a way to hit Mark that he thinks is really going to hurt. And he's going to 
start slowly hijacking Mark's bank accounts and stealing his money, right? Yeah, he thinks, you know, he thinks by taking his money, he's going to really stick it to old Moon Knight. Yeah, because that's how Moon Knight gets all his cool gadgets and toys. And without his money, he's, he's going to be crippled. He's you nothing, know? yeah. And so you turn the page and there's Moon Knight and Reese. They're sitting there chatting again. You know, she's just asking him, like, so what's what's the game plan now? And he just says, like, well, Holly's a vegetable and Dr. Badir's beef was unrelated to whatever's going on. Yep. So, you know, we're back to square one. And she's just a little annoyed. And he's just like, well, look, I never said I was an amazing detective. Yeah, they have no leads. They don't know what they're looking for. Yeah, they're just sitting around waiting for something to happen, pretty much. And something does happen. And in, in through the mission's front doors walks uh, a lady that looks a little like a tiger. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, she just says, you know, look at you. You've grown up. Got an office and everything. (laughs) Yeah. We find out that this is Tigra and her and Moon Knight go way back to the West Coast Avenger days. Yep. Um, What are you thinking kind of as Tigra walks in? Is this a weird sort of. She's just kind of thrown in there. I don't know. Yeah. And I we will talk a little bit about more, but I was just kind of wondering, like, did it strike you as odd? in this world quickly to see this all of a sudden it just felt you know like you said out of nowhere yeah for sure but i mean i guess it's a pleasant surprise for old moon knight well i'm not so sure (laughs) because she you know she knows him as mark from the west coast avenger days and she's immediately like what the heck's the deal with this mask yeah yeah and so she's trying to take it off of him and he just does not want it to to go down you could tell how annoyed he is and she just, he just says, stop, stop it. Mm-hmm. Like, I leave this mask on because the mask protects the people in my life. You know, if the enemies knew he, who he was, they'd come after his friends. And then Reese's little quip here is so funny. What does she say? Oh, yeah. She's like, um, Mr. Knight, you sleep all day. You beat up weirdos all night. You don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I love Reese's and uh, Moon Knight's relationship. It's so funny. And so right as they're kind of catching up, uh, Mark and Tigra, and all of a sudden Moon Knight gets a phone call. And on the other line is this Clark dude. And he's just telling him like, hey, you work for me now because I'm in control of all your money. So you're going to have to you're going to have to go do some stuff for me. Right. Yeah. Almost like blackmailing him pretty much. Yep. Totally. And so you turn the page and you see Moon Knight is more or less. It seems like, you know, agreed to do some stuff for for this guy for now. He winds up. Uh, at this, I don't know, some sort of complex, and he's just taking these dudes out one by one, just all of them, not even asking any questions, just destroying every single one of them. And, uh, you know, that takes you to this dude sitting there, and it looks like his name is Jigsaw, and he tells Jigsaw uh, that Clark says hello, and Jigsaw's just like, Stuart Clark still alive? Huh. And uh, he's just asked Moon Knight, like, so you're working for this Clark guy now? And Moon Knight's, well, he seems to think so. And he's like, uh, he's like, I'll dis- disabuse him of that notion soon enough. But as long as we're here, let's brawl. Yeah. And so they just lunge at each other and kind of ends there. You don't really ever get to know what happens between Jigsaw and Moon Knight. I mean, I'm, assume, I'm assuming Moon Knight just wipes the floor with him. I mean, th- yeah, I think that's a safe assumption. Yeah. But you turn the page and you're back to where where Clark lives and you just see a, a bubble kind of pointing to his window and it's just, dang it, 
And he's like, you can't. And it looks like uh, Moon Knight's blocked <laughs> Clark's call, yep, so yep. Clark can't get through. And Clark's a little hurt by this. But right as he's, you know, in the throes of those emotions, who shows up? But Moon Knight, right through the window. And Clark's just like, how the heck did you find me? So funny because he's like, nice night. And I think he says that in the first issue, doesn't he? He does, When, yeah. when he hits the vampire's uh, van, nice night. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, he does. <laughs> You know, so Moon Knight just tells him, like, hey, I've got Tigra now, and she's a great hunter. And, you know, we heard that stupid music coming coming from outside your window. So we put two and two together, and we found you. Yep. And uh, that dude's just constantly trying to, like, as Moon Knight keeps getting closer and closer, Clark keeps going, like, oh, there's a million gone. Oh, there's, you know, some more money gone. There's some thousands. And Moon Knight just tells him straight to his face, like, look, man, you have no idea who I am. Yeah. Like, I'm not, uh, I don't do this for the money. I don't need the money. I'm not interested in the money. I'm a, I'm a priest. And, you know, no wealthy priest has ever been worth anything. Yeah. You know? Yep. <laughs> so what are you thinking of this sort of like interaction between Moon Knight and Clark? Dude, I think it's hilarious because you can just see Clark freaking out as he's just continuing to try to drain his bank account. Like, he's thinking in his head, man, maybe if I drain just a little more, he'll, he'll stop yeah. and, you know, I'll be able to control him again. But Moon Knight just keeps coming. Like he's like, I don't care, man. And you just see it on his face. And when he grabs him, he's like, Oh, like, yeah. Clark was in over his head. Yeah. Man. His, so the, whoever is hiring these people to come after Moon Knight's over two, man. Yeah. Over two. His idea didn't work very well. I just want to know who this guy is. I know. I know. You know, and so this issue kind of ends on like a, a little emotional note. Uh, actually, kind of a big emotional note. Yeah. Mark and Tiger are sitting out on a ledge and they're just talking and Mark's letting her know like he has a lot of regrets and he's done a lot of bad things and he wears this mask because he doesn't want to look himself in the face. You know, he can't stand to do it. And he feels all alone and, you know, Reese is only there because she has to be. And, you know, Tiger just kind of wraps his her arm around him and just says, I'm here for you. you yeah. Know? What do you think when he takes off his mask right here? Finally, we finally get to see what he looks like under this mask. Yeah, I mean, oh my gosh, dude. He's beat up, man. He's got scars, scrapes, cuts, like all over the place. And he's got some gnarly black eyes, dude. Like he's been Hunter? through the ringer emotionally, but physically too. And this is just kind of the first time we get to see just how beat up Mark is. You know, yeah. He's letting it all out on the table to Tiger. Yeah, and you see it both, just like you said. You see his physical state and you see his like mental, emotional state as well. Like not only is he beat up from fighting all these guys and Hunter's Moon just put it to him in in that mm-hmm. in their first fight, you know. But you just see him his emotional battle right now, big time. Yeah. And you know when I'm reading this issue, I love these two pages, but it's crammed, man. I kind of would like a little bit more emotion kind of peppered in or some of these, you know, more heartwarming, like real moments. Um, not these kind of glib sessions he has with the therapist, but I love this. I love seeing like this real side to a superhero who's beat up, who's worn down, who needs a friend's shoulder. I like the realness here, man. I kind of really, really dug, um, these last two pages of this issue. Yeah, no, me too. I, I totally agree. And as we jump into issue five, we kind of see a little bit more of that with his therapist, which I, you know, like you mentioned, I wish we would see more of this like realness right here from Moon Knight. Because it's so compelling. Like I love those, 
I love it when we get that from superheroes, you know? It yeah. makes it so much more. It seems more real, you know? Like, yeah. You can just tell, like, he's just exhausted, both physically and mentally, just, I don't know, he doesn't think he has any friend, you know? Like, he's just going through a ton right now, I think. So, yeah, we start issue five, and it, um, I don't know if this is a flashback. You think this is kind of a flashback because it says then up in the corner? Yeah, it must be. And uh, he's talking with his therapist and she has concerns and, you know, she, she doesn't think he's being honest with her. And at first he thinks she's talking about his, his personality disorder, his DID. And he's like, no, I haven't ex- experienced any dissociative episodes in weeks. And she's mm-hmm. like, no, Mark, I'm not talking about that. And I just don't think you're being truly honest with me. And at the same time, he's building like this like castle of cards. And when when she says that, he kind of like freaks out and the whole thing just falls, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so now we get to, to present time and, and Mark's walking into the, the mission and, and Reese is sitting there. And she's like, hey, you know, how's it going, Mark? <laughs> calling him Mark now, not even <laughs> calling him Moon Knight. And he's like, Dude, I thought I told you you'd call me Moon Knight. <laughs> Dude, I hope in the show we get a little bit of play from some like Reese-like character yeah. in Mark's life. Yeah. And so she mentions, hey, you know, Terry's in your office. Again, we have Terry. Dude, he's scared of everything. He's always in there looking for help. He's like yeah. Moon Knight's biggest customer. And so he's like, what does Terry want? You know, and he's like, she's like, I, I think something spooked him. And he's like, well, I'm not in the mood. So there's nothing going to be on the streets scarier than me right now because I know yeah. that therapy session did not do no, him any he did not he like it at bad. all. Yeah. So he's sitting back, you know, on, on his, on his, um, chair in front of, in front of Conchu. And he's like, Terry, how can I help you, man? And, um, Terry basically tells him like, Hey, I, I know who's, who's gunning for you. It's soldier. And Moon Knight's like in shock right here. So then we get another like flashback back to, um, him and the therapist. And he's like, I don't understand, you know, like I've, I've told you everything I've, I've got going on, you know, I'm, I'm being transparent. And again, she's like, um, you're, you're kind of not, you're kind of like the way you're answering these questions, you're like alluding almost my question, you know, and he's kind of getting frustrated, you know, I think she's finally getting some, yeah, she's finally breaking through in these therapy sessions, you know, and he's like, he gets frustrated. He's like, fine, ask the question. And she's like, why are you so unhappy? Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just ends that, that panel just ends with them sitting right there looking at each other. And Mark's like, he's kind of like hunched over. And so we, we go back to him and Terry and um, Moon Knight's kicking in the door to Soldier's Place. And um, they walk in and it's that, that office that we've been seeing kind of bits and pieces of that's sitting above the mission. And it has a bunch of like tech gear, some laser mics, some recording equipment. And it's all pointed at the midnight mission, all pointed at his place. And then you get a picture of um, Soldier right here. What do you think when you see this? Oh, no. Soldier was a Hydra. Yeah. Soldier. So like, no. You can see. Good, yeah. Man. You can see that Soldier's, you know, they think he's undercover because his, his tattoos now are all blacked out. But you can see in this picture, he has like Hail Hydra tattoos all over his body. And then from there, we jump back into that uh, therapy session with uh, Mark here. And he's like, unhappy. You know, he's like, why should I be happy? When has happiness ever mattered to a fist of conscience? Yeah. It's like, the only thing that matters to me is my duty and my debt. It's not about happiness. I just got to get 
get stuff done. Yep. And then there's, that's what she means right there. She's like, you know, don't insult me. You know, like you're talking to me like some video game character. Like the way he answers her, her questions aren't like honest from the heart, like answers. Yeah. They're just like what Moon Knight would say. You know, it's not what Mark would say. It's something like what he would say while he's under the mask. So what do you think when uh, he starts kind of opening up to the therapist here about his past? Yeah, I thought it was really cool. And I liked, you know, you get some more of some more of Moon Knight's backstory. But again, it's not as real or as emotional as it was with Tigra. He's just kind of giving the therapist a lesson. You know what I mean? I mean, it's an interesting one and it's cool. But, you know, it's just about his dad being a rabbi and how, you know, his dad, you know, was very faithful to their God. And, you know, even though their God kind of led their people to a lot of tragedies and hard events and, you know, Moon Knight thought that made his dad weak. Uh, But then I think, you know, somewhere along the line, you know, he realizes that that faith that would never quit wasn't a sign of weakness, but a sign of strength, you know? Yeah. And we, I mean, we get a little bit, I, I think you're right. I don't think it's as, as real as that conversation he had with his friend. And, and at the same time, he's having this um, conversation with, with his therapist. He's also like, it shows him present time. He's still investigating this whole thing with soldier. So he's going yeah. to soldier's mom's house now. And you really don't get to see what they're talking about because he's still having this conversation back and forth with the therapist but um, basically, he's he's telling her, like, I'm so unhappy because I have nothing left. Like, mm-hmm. everything I've ever had is all gone. He even mentions he has a son. Like, all he has left is being the fist of Conchu. Yeah. And so, that's, you know, that's another reason why he doesn't want to take off his mask. Like, he doesn't want to be Mark. He, he, he's got nothing. Like, yeah. the mission, him being a priest, that's all he's got going on for him. And so, why, why he's with, the, you know with the um, mom of soldiers, she's kind of just like baking muffins and he's telling the story with his therapist. He gets a warning on his phone that there's a perimeter alarm going off the midnight mission. So he's like, he's got to get back, you know? And so he gets back and he kind of sneaks in the mission, like through an underground um, entrance, like maybe a, a secret entrance that he has into the mission. Right. Yeah. Through some sort of like sewer. Yeah. He's like walking through the sewer rolls up and he he comes up right behind the statue of Conchu. And when he gets in there, who's there? Your boy soldier. Uh, All chained up to a radiator. Yeah, he's chained up to like this radiator and he's like, there's a little radio behind him. It says, twist, it wasn't soldier after all. And he kind of walks into a trap here because soldier's chained up, you know, from the neck to this radiator. And you find out that there's, um, there's a bomb. And it's like, it gives, it puts him in a little bit of a pickle here. Like, is he going to save soldier or is he going to dip? Like what, what do you think? Yeah. So it's a little like Holly all over again, right? Like whoever's after him keeps putting him in these pickles yeah. to test him, uh, to break him. Who knows? But again, here he is, uh, in the situation where either, you know, the idea is he's going to have to walk away and let soldier die or die trying. Yeah. And now that he knows soldier maybe isn't the guy that they think he is. He's one of the people that are in his territory that he's got to protect, right? Right. So you can't leave him. He's telling soldiers, like, dude, you got to help me. And he pulls out this little, like, plasma cutter. 
And it's funny because he even mentions, he's like, this is a tour from my wealthier days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because now he's broke. He has no money. <laughs> and um, Soldier's like, dude, the bomb's going to go off, you know, it's too late. And um, you just get this countdown, which is pretty cool with all these different panels. And it's like, he's like, TikTok Moon Knight, TikTok, TikTok, through all these cool panels of them struggling to, to break these chains. Finally, though, he gets it broke just in time and um, his building explodes. No more mission. So now he has no money and now no his, mission. his mission is blown to pieces. He's like dragging out soldier. Look at his cape. What do you think of his cape right here? Oh, so cool. Dude, it's so cool. And so then being caught in the, the explosion, both of them just fall to the ground and Moon Knight looks up. And who is it sitting there? Who do we finally find out has been behind all these shenanigans? Freaking Terry, man. Dude, boy. <laughs> Gosh, dude. Come on, Terry. What are you doing, dude? Yeah, and Terry's sitting above him and he's like, you know, I under I underestimated you. Like, this is gonna be fun. So Terry isn't the scared little neighborhood boy that we thought he was. He's a psychopath, man. And yep. even Moon Knight's like, Terry? Like with a question mark, you know, like. No, Terry never existed. And he, he's weird. He And just like, mm-hmm. like I think you mentioned back in issue one when we seen this person peering through the window, like he kind of like reminds you of the Joker a little bit. He's kind of weird, man. Well, even his, 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 after he says, you know, Terry never existed, his dialogue here is super weird. Gee whiz, Mr. Knight, this sure is weird. Golly, a mystery. Yeah, dude. And he kind of giggles, man. It's so weird. And you turn the page and you get a full page of, he's like, no, call me Zodiac. And he puts on this hood. Yeah, that's who's been behind this the whole time. You finally figure it out. I don't know how I feel about this whole issue, dude. What do you think? Not my jam, man. First of all, Hunter's Moon, like, why did we abandon him for a whole entire issue? Yeah, we didn't like, see nothing. Their whole thing was so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the soldier stuff, it was kind of like a replay of the Holly. I mean, it's a little different, but, you know, Moon Knight and another pickle. The therapy session I thought was cool to kind of build some of the backstory with Mark and everything. Uh, but who the heck is Zodiac and why should we care about him? It just kind of fell out of nowhere again. Um, and so I'm kind of left on this issue, just being honest, a little like, where is the story at? Yeah, it kind of jumped around like, a little bit. What is going on and why all of a sudden am I supposed to be so wrapped up in this Zodiac guy when I was already so committed to whatever was going on between Hunter's Moon and Moon Knight. Yeah. So I kind of leave this one a little like, okay, uh, let's see if Six can can pick it up, kind of fix some some of the slack a little, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I do like how we we finally get to see who's behind all this, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, it just feels like they dropped Zodiac, like it was supposed to be like, oh my God, Zodiac. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, Zodiac. Yeah, exactly, yeah. No, for sure. And two, like like you mentioned, where's Hunter's Moon at? Like he just disappeared. Like one little, like they get in one little fight, you know, they beat each other up and then he's just supposed to just say, see you later. Sayonara. Yeah. If he's so dedicated to, to helping fix Moon Knight, you know, he's, I mean, maybe he just was so beat up with the baseball bat. He's back, you know, trying to heal up. That could very well be. That's the only yeah. thing I, I was thinking of there in this time. Like, because yeah. I was like, man, where's where's Hunter when he's going to show up anytime now, you know, like in this whole thing. And then he doesn't show up. And I'm like, eh, maybe he's nursing that head wound from the baseball bat. 
Yeah. The weird thing about the Zodiac thing for me is like, don't make it a character or something crazy. Just make him get beat up like, and then he needs help or something. Like, I don't know why you got to introduce this Zodiac to it. It just seems like trying to make it big without it really landing. Yeah. So that that leads us to six. I mean, we're introduced to Zodiac. And so six picks up right where we left off with five and Moon Knight is just getting whooped. Uh, which is crazy to me because every time you every time you see Terry dude he's like this unexpecting like scared out of his mind little scrawny dude you know and now he's just like this overpowering villain yeah and you get another throwback to Moon Knight cutting somebody's face off because Zodiac's like you want to hurt me Moon Knight you want to cut my face off yeah dude (laughs) And he is just kicking his butt, dude. Yeah. And Moon Knight's just like, asks Zodiac, if you go ahead, kill me. It doesn't matter. I'm going to come back like I always do. And Zodiac's like, like dude, I'm not going to kill you. Uh, that'd be a waste. I, I don't want to kill you. I want to break you. I want to help you. And look at the way Moon Knight's laying on the ground and his cape is the shape of a crescent moon. It's pretty cool. So cool. But like, as you're here on this page, like, what are you kind of thinking about what Zodiac's telling him that like, he doesn't want to kill him. He wants to break him. He wants to help him. Yeah. I mean, before you turn the page, just here, what are you thinking? So we got it a little bit from, uh, Holly or Holly earlier when he's like, Hey, you know, the guy I'm working for wants to break you and you have Hunter's moon who wants to do the same thing, but you know, break him for a, a, a different reason. And so it's kind of interesting, you know, because Hunter Moon wants to break him of his bad habits to get him to what he thinks is the true fist of Conchu, right? Yeah. And Zodiac wants to break him to almost be like a villain almost. Yeah, that's what it seems you like. Know? Huh? And so you turn, the, you turn the page and you see Reese is running, just running as fast as she can. She's banging on a door and she's just yelling, open up, open up. And she says, you know, I know uh, how much... Uh, his, she says, you know how much I don't want to be here. You don't like me and I don't like you and you don't like him, but he needs you now. And then it cuts back to, to Moon Knight just <laughs> continues to get walloped. Just getting hammered, uh, dude. By Zodiac. I mean, he's hardly putting up a fight. And at this point, he's laying down. Uh, Moon Knight's laying down on the ground, seems down for, for the count. And Zodiac says to him, I'm not going to kill you, but I am going to leave you with... Uh, some some sort of motivation he says and it looks like he's going to go over there and do something to soldier right yeah it looks like he's going to kill him he's like i hope you were not too attached to soldier scratch that i hope you were like he wanted him to you know he wanted to to hurt moon knight right here you know yeah and so right as he's about as right as zodiac's about to go take out a soldier hunter's moon shows up saves the day uh, takes Zodiac down and Zodiac even says like, you know, this whole Hunter's Moon thing kind of threw him through a loop too. Mm-hmm. He, the unexpected twist in his sort of plan, you know, what'd you think about that? <laughs> he calls him Moon Knight Jr. <laughs> <laughs> he says, how embarrassing for you. Yeah, he's like, who knew, uh, you know, another fist of Conchu. Moon- <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> so funny. It's funny, but you can tell it caught him off guard because he's like, oh, now that there's two of you, I got a dip, you know? Yep. 
And he, like, what's he, does he blow himself up here? Like, I mean, I'm not entirely sure what happens, but he just blows something up and he's gone, you know? He says, sayonara, a big explosion, you know? Yeah, I don't think he blows himself. I don't think he blows himself up because he. No, I don't mean like killed himself, but I mean, (laughs) you know. Gotcha. Yeah. He just basically creates his distraction so he can get out of there. Yeah. And so they're left there, you know, Moon Knight on the ground and Hunter's Moon. Just wondering where Zodiac went, but he kind of decides to uh, take Moon Knight to the clinic, I think. And so on the next page, you see Mark kind of having a dream with Conchu just telling him, like, you know, Mark, Mark, my son. And then Mark just wakes up uh, on the clinic table here or the doctor's table. I don't know what you want to call it. Screaming. And Hunter's Moon is just telling him, you know, be calm. You're injured badly. And Mark's just like, whoa, what the heck is going on? Like, this is the last person I would expect to uh, be helping me right now. Yeah. You know, and why Why does he think that, you think? Well, I mean, two issues ago, they were beating each other up, you know? Mm-hmm. And now here he is. Um, and, and I think we get, you know, a little bit of, we get kind of why he's helping him in this dialogue, you know, with him and and. Yeah. and the doctor and he says you know i may not respect you i might not even like you but we have the same father that makes us brothers yeah and so you know moon knight starts to fade and hunter's moon just tells him yeah you need your rest and at this point as mark's going to sleep hunter's moon starts to tell him a little bit about his past and then you know how he became the other fist of Kanchu and what was going on with all that and how he always felt like You know, he never lived up to expectations. He couldn't even make himself proud, let alone anybody else. You know, one day he's walking down an alley and some vampires just attack him and he's dead, but he's under the moon. And just like uh, Mark did, you know, he's visited by Kanchu and Kanchu brings him back to life. And, you know, that's how he becomes the hunter's moon. Yeah, the other face. What are you thinking about how, how all this breaks down? Well, it's interesting to me when he's kind of given his backstory of, um, you know, his life and growing up, like he kind of had it all and it kind of totally opposite of um, Mark, you know, where Mark was this like mercenary. This dude was actually like a doctor, you know? Yeah. And so he was kind of, um, kind of completely different than, than Mark's story. Yeah. And he just says, my whole life I had felt hollow, broken somehow, unable to understand something that appeared simple enough to everyone else around me. But Kanchu offered me that missing piece of the puzzle that was myself. And so it's just Kanchu finally gave him a reason to live, a hope. Uh, He finally felt like he had lived up to something, you know? Yeah, it's like he never had a connection when, like – Throughout his little story he tells, he never had like, he even says he had never had a spiritual connection like everyone around him. And then when he dies, he finally has that with Conchu. So he's like, dude. Yeah, he says, finally, I knew what it was to know God. Yep. And that is why I I have so much animosity for you, he says to Moon Knight. Yeah. You know, because he's like, I spent my life working for this sort of connection with God and you've thrown it away like nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. And yeah, that's I mean a pretty cool insight to their their whole thing. Yeah, and that's how I kind of mentioned earlier like Mark's kind of doing his own thing as Moon Knight, you know, like yeah. he's still a fist of, of Conchu, but he's kind of 
not going rogue, but kind of doing his own, what he wants to do. Whereas, or at least what, you know, he thinks he should be doing, I guess, for Conchu because he thinks he's doing right. But then you get this guy and he's like, I'm t- I take this way serious where you are kind of just like doing whatever you want to do, you know? And so Mark asked him like, why the change of heart? You know? And he just says straight up, he's like, it was your vampire friends that changed my mind. Like to see their sort of like dedication to you and how they would come to me to, to get, you know, to help you, even though they know I don't, you know, like them and want to hurt them. Like it kind of changed my whole perspective of, of what's going on here. Yeah. You know? and, and I do like the, the relationship building between Reese and Mark this whole time. Like in the beginning, like she didn't even want to mm-hmm. get him a cup of coffee. <laughs> and now yeah. she's like running to save his life. And she's not only, you know, running to save his life, but running to somebody who wants her dead. You know, like mm-hmm. it takes a lot to, to do something yeah. like that. And, she, and he says here, she's a, he, uh, Hunter's Moon says, she did this to save you. And that kind of bravery, it has challenged what I thought I believed, what I thought I knew about you and the people you surround yourself with. So that's really cool, man. I like that there's growth here for Badir, Hunter's Moon, uh, building his backstory. I mean, this is where this series is like nailing it for me with Hunter's Moon, to be honest. Mm-hmm. With you. Uh, I really like this whole thing. His whole backstory is really cool. And, you know, while he's still asleep, Moon Knight, Conchu's talking to him again, like, my son, I miss you. Pay me a visit soon. And then right then he kind of wakes up and, but Deer's sitting there and just says, uh, your friends are waiting for you. What are you thinking, thinking here? I mean, they kind of have a cool little exchange right before Mark leaves the clinic here. Yeah. Before, like, let me ask you too, um, how he has this, like, this vision while he's sleeping with, um, Conchu, he's like, my son, I miss you. Pay me a visit soon. Like, that's what I mean. Like, you have Hunter's Moon, who's like so dedicated to Conchu. Yeah. And is like, you know, all the time, like we see in these narrative, um, like texts with when he, even when he's coming in to fight Moon Knight for the first time, like he's talking, like talking to Conchu, like, give me the strength to fix this guy. Where Moon Knight, you never see him doing any talking to Kanchu. Yeah, ever it's like he's on the back burner and he's just kind of doing what he wants to do and so you can see Kanchu's like dude like come talk to me like i miss you man like so it's really strange you know like i don't know mm-hmm. but i like this because you know right as he's about to leave mark's about to leave he thanks dr badir and dr badir says as i said i am still not certain whether you are fit for your title i'm not even certain i like you at all but all the same, we're brothers. And so, again, coming to that connection between the two of them. Yeah. And I think what's going to be interesting is if they can play on this and they become their own thing separated from Conchu. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, is Mark going to kind of win and pull Badir away, pull Hunter's Moon away from Conchu? Yeah, because you – Or what's going to go on You kind of get that because, like, on the previous page, he's like, you know, it, it challenged everything I thought. So yeah. who's going to pull who in what direction, you know, is, is Mark going to start going paying visits to Conchu and be more like, um, Badir here, or is it going to be the other way around? Who knows what they're going to do with this in, in, in the future. Yeah. So you turn the page and Mark, you know, he's leaving and there's Tigra and Reese waiting for him and they're headed back to, uh, their decimated mission. And, you know, Moon Knight's just, you know, reassuring them that nothing's changed. He protects his people, that he made a promise to Zodiac. And, you know, he says here, and if Zodiac wants to test me again, he knows where to find me. Yep. 
And he's just sitting in his chair in his completely, you know, charred up mission. But they have a plan, I think, you know, probably to rebuild it and just start over. Yep. He ain't going nowhere, he says. So that kind of ends, you know, the first arc of Judd McKay and, you know, his Moon Knight run, Midnight Mission. What'd you think, man? What'd you think of issue six first before we get get into the the whole overview? Um, The whole Zodiac thing, I still was thought was kind of weird, but I love when uh, Hunter's Boone got there. Like, I just want more of them together. You know what I mean? Moon Knight and Hunter's yeah. Boone? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Big time. And now, especially that their relationship is evolving, you know, I'm not sure what they're going to be doing moving forward because I, I haven't read past six. I know, I th- what are we on? Like eight now, I think is out. I think eight's coming out really soon or is out. Yeah, that's... So I, I really at. hope we get to see a lot more interact, like team ups, like something. I, it would be super cool to see them two together moving forward because I don't know. I think that's where I think that's where this shines the best for me. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, yeah, I, I thought six was was probably one of the better ones just because you get so much character growth, you get so much more insight, you get it was way better than, than the Zodiac than issue five, because it felt like it was continuing a story where five kind of felt like an interlude that felt misplaced almost. It was weird because this kind of picks up, picks up the story that felt like it should have been the overarching mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where so I, I liked it, man. Like well, issue one through th- three, I was like, dude, this is awesome. And then after three, once, um, moon Knight hunters, moon brawl, like four and five, you don't see him much, you know? And I'm just like, man, I really want when hundred moons in there, that's when this really shines for me. And I really love it. And so, so issue uh, four and five, I mean, they were still good, but I was still just missing that interact. Like I just wanted him to be there the whole time. Yeah. So if you had to, uh, sum it all up for us, man, for the complete arc, midnight mission, volume one here, give us your rating, dude. Yeah. So if I, for me, um, the writing, I'm going to give a three. Um, yeah. yeah, like I said, like, um, I enjoyed it, but I just wish there was more, more Hunter's Moon. And so hopefully moving forward, they kind of play on that. I'll be super stoked to see what they do. And then for the art, I'm going to give a three and a half. Um, I just really enjoyed what, like the, the, um, the shading, this pretty much Moon Knight, dude, just makes it like his character when he's in his white suit is awesome i love all the shading that that they do even though he's white like i don't know and the sketchiness of it like just how big it is how the the moon sort of uh analogs you know how it's always taking a crescent shape uh and how it stands out is really cool yeah and i love like a lot of these fight scenes with his cape and you can see like the damage he's taken like in one scene when he's flying in his cape is just huge it's all put together but then as he's battling like you can see his cape just starts getting tore up so yeah i'll I'll give um for art i'll give it a three and a half right on so i'm sitting total for me um six and a half for this first moon night midnight mission one through six what about you man well dude i think we are going to hit this exactly the same i'm going to give the writing a three i liked uh the story when it was with Hunter's Moon, built that up, built their relationship. Uh, that intrigued me the most. Like we kind of got in there, like 
uh, that push and pull about, you know, their God and uh, who's going to win that fight is so fascinating to me. Uh, the fact that they're brothers now, are they going to, you know, where's that all leading? What's it going to? I like, I like that buildup. I could have done without the whole Zodiac thing. Could have done without, you know, some of, some of those weird little side missions he went on just kind of felt like, okay, I didn't not, you know, I didn't hate them. It just, the other stuff was so strong. I just wanted more and more of that. Yeah. And so when I didn't get it, I was a little bit bummed out. No, same so I'm going to give yeah. it, I'm going to give it a three just because, you know, just for that reason. And, um, also, you know, you didn't get a lot about Mark's kind of personality thing. I mean, you get these hints and these drops of it. You see the little pocket thing early on. You see, you know, the pictures of all the different personas on the wall, but we're we're not really like uh, introduced to that. I don't know what Jed McKay's going to going to do with that. Is it just going to be ignored, kind of in the background this whole time? Um, you know, are we going to dive into that at all? Yeah, it just it also was. You know, I always try to think about a new reader, and as a new reader comes in and sees this, I feel like there's a potential to be a little bit lost. You know, like like what the heck's going on? Why are there all these different pictures of Moon Knight on the wall? Are these different characters like if you didn't know, you wouldn't know, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. So, you're gonna be reading this and having to do some YouTube and doing a little Who research. Is Moon Knight? So, I'm at a three for writing, and I'm gonna give the art a 3.5 as well. Uh, mainly, I felt like the world and everything was just a little too clean for me for a Moon Knight story, uh, where Moon Knight's really gritty and the world in this, in this, you know. It's, it looks really nice, but for some reason it just didn't fit for me. The vibe didn't necessarily fit. Still really, really good art, really pretty. Uh, but those action scenes really mm. seal the deal for me. Uh, like you were saying with the capes and just the movement and the color and, you know, the the inclusion of the moon and a lot of those scenes, is, I just really liked it. So I'm going to go, you know, three and a half. So comic book layer total score, give it to us. We're at a 13 out of 20. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. What do you think about of a, what do you, like if you had to explain to somebody like, yeah, on the comic book layer, they gave it a 13 out of 20. And that person was like, well, what the heck does that mean? Like, what would you say? Like, it's a really good book. You should pick it up and buy it. Or you're like, well, the comic book layer only gave it a 13 out of 20. So don't waste your time with it. No. Like, I, how would you explain? For this one, this is like a, for me, this one, you, I think you definitely should read it. New readers, like like we kind of mentioned in the beginning of the episode, this one, you know, you can be a completely new reader and pick this up and read it and you're not going to be totally lost, you know, you, and, and then old readers are going to pick up on, you know, who've, who've read Moon Knight before and know a little bit about Moon Knight. They're going to pick up on all these little things uh, throughout the arc that are really cool. And so yeah. definitely one um, you want to read. Yeah, so and you get a whole whole new side to Moon Knight with this Hunter's Moon stuff. I think you know, so older, you know, seasoned Moon Knight readers should appreciate that. Yeah, like. for sure. I think it can be appreciated on both sides, definitely. Yeah, right on. Well, cool, man. I had fun reading that this week. I thought, it, you know, this is our first uh, deep dive into a Marvel title. Like I like Marvel and DC definitely, but man, for me, there hasn't been a lot of like l Marvel stuff lately that has really like just blown me away what about you yeah i'm with you um a lot of that also just has to do with the fact that my time is so consumed with you know some of these creator-owned properties that I, I 
it's hard to dive into something when you need to know 30 years of backstory to really appreciate it. I mean, yeah, no, that especially is especially when, when times crunch and I really like, you know, you read a story, you get the story sort of thing. And, you know, a lot of times with these things it it opens the door for, you know, those seasoned guys to be annoyed of something being out of continuity or, yeah, no, it's like, that is- I just, just, just give me a Moon Knight story. You know, that's all I want. And that's what I liked about this. I felt like I could ignore a lot of that stuff and just enjoy it for what it was. No, that is, yeah, no, that is something to consider definitely. And there's just so much out there in the Marvel world. It's insane. Yeah, it gets hard to really break those down uh, if you're going to do a full justice. So yeah, we hope you we hope you appreciated our overview of this, just kind of standalone. Uh, but yeah, Moon Knight's got a very volumes and volumes of work about about him and who he is that you can dive into, especially if this piques your interest. I mean, hey, this could be a really good way for you to like dip your toe into Moon Knight and then go all the way in. You yeah, know? I think it's that sort of volume. Yeah, go back to his origin story, kind of find out. Um, who yeah, is, who he is, where he came he, from, how he came to get all these different personas, and yep. personas, and um, even with his, even with the show coming out, I'm super interested to see what they're going to do with it. Oh, I can't wait for the show! And if you want a, a good, another really good uh, Moon Knight uh, run, forgive me, you, here we you go, know what's coming, dude. <laughs> Jeff Lemire's run on Moon Knight was was really good, and they did a really good uh, origin story. I heard he did a super good job with all his like personalities. I haven't read yeah, that it's, one. It's a mind trip though, because the yeah. whole time you're just kind of wondering, like, am I going crazy too? As you're reading it, I mean, it's <laughs> cra- it's nuts. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard it's good though. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things too about Marvel and how you know people love it is, yeah, it gets hard. But man, when you're into it, there's so much to just kind of shoot the breeze about. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, these stories are so big and so history, you know. Yeah. It's, I don't know what the word I'm looking for I is. But yeah, man. So what's up? What's on the what's on the dock for you next week, man? You looking forward to anything? You got anything going on? Yeah, a couple of things I got um going on that I'm looking forward to. Actually, another Marvel thing. There's a new Ghost Rider run coming out by uh, Ben Percy. And it looks kind of cool. So I might check that out. I haven't, that's another one I haven't read a ton about. Kind of interesting to see what they're going to do with that one. So I, I might pick that up. And then um, there's a new issue of uh, We Ride Titans comes out, number two. And so hopefully it picks up right from when, right when, right where one left off. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. What about you, man? Right on, man. Yeah, I've got. I know you already read it, but I got all guts, no glory, finally mm, coming to me. Gosh, hopefully, I can't wait till you read that. Yeah, uh, Saga Fifty Six, Berserker Seven, and then there's this cool. Uh, I think it's a one shot called Supermassive that Image is doing, and it's like a a com- combination of a bunch of different stuff. I know Radiant Black's in there. Uh, it's so it's like pulling together a bunch of these different sort of worlds into this hmm. one shot called Supermassive. Oh. Uh, so we'll see. Should be cool. Uh, I got Step by Bloody Step, man. Oof. I can't wait for that. It's going to be this uh, completely textless, you know, I think it's four issues or something. And uh, I think it's just going to be fun, dude, to dig into that and see how the, the panels can tell a story alone. You know, I love that sort of stuff. Yeah, I keep seeing that promoted everywhere, too, right now. Yeah, Scotty Young's got a cover coming out that looks really cool. And then Radio Apocalypse, man. I, I hope two actually drops. I mean, it's been delayed and delayed, so hopefully that comes out. So yeah, there's a lot of yeah, good man. stuff coming up next week, dude. It's gonna be good. Speaking of next week, what do we got going on for next week's show? 
Yeah, we're gonna do something a little uh, new, a little different next week. Uh, we've we've come up with this cool idea to do a a little segment we call "Hanging in the Lair," and it's just gonna be a chance for me and Ray to kind of chit chat about everything else we're reading without having to do a, a deep dive. I mean, you know, we do a lot of reading of single issues and watching a lot of TV shows and movies, and you know keeping our finger on the pulse of all things pop culture. So it's going to be a good chance for us to kind of share, share what we're doing in that regard. So I think next issue is going to be our very first hanging in the layer, man. You excited for it? Dude, I'm stoked to just sit down and just shoot the breeze with you, man. Just about everything that we've been stoked on that we, you know, haven't been yeah. able to touch on, you know, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Cause you know what turns out to be pretty hard. Uh, <laughs> deep diving into a trade every week. God, it is tough sometimes, dude, especially when you got crazy kids running around, when you get sick and just that life balance, man, it, it can be challenging yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, tune in next week as we, as we try out this hanging in the lair, let us know what you think, you know, drop us a, an Instagram message or an email on our website. You know, so we're going to try it out, but I'm excited for it. Yeah. Super pumped. It's going to be super fun. Um, one other thing I'd like to mention before we, um, head out of here, man, is we got this cool feature on our website where you can pretty much leave us a voicemail. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, if you, if you want to, um, chat with us or, um, talk moon night, let us know about, let us know about anything you're reading that you're excited about. Yeah. Whatever you got going on, feel free to check out that feature. It's super cool. We'd love to hear from you guys. And, um, I, I don't know. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, I agree, man. But either way, um, please subscribe to the show. Give us some feedback, what you guys think. We'd love to hear from you. Check us out over on Instagram at the Comic Book Lair. You can also check my Instagram at that Comic Book Dad. And uh, yeah, we just love to hear from y'all. Can't wait to chat comics with you guys. Anyways, you guys know what to do. Keep reading comics. Cowabunga, nerds. <laughs>